Episode 233, as it was decided a few minutes ago, right, guys? Yes, I think yep. so. Plus Hi, or Dan. minus one. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Yeah, I feel like I can reach out and touch you. You want to? That's awkward. Maybe we already are. Yes, do. Actually, the funny thing Ooh. is, Jesse, he uh, poured me a drink in a big tall glass. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about half and half. I mean, like four <laughs> inches of rum. Do you, do you suppose that, that means I'm going to get to see his four inches? Yep. whole bunch of rum and a little bit of coke. <laughs> oh, it's it's going to be nice. one of those nights, I can tell. Yep. Nice, nice. Stand down, bitches. Big Country Lovin's back in the house. Oh, yeah. That's right, baby. I flew last week at Othello and at home. Yeah. Yeah. So that means I'm going to start. You should. But I think we should tell everyone why we don't have a... Oh, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Probably. We, uh, we're we at Othello. Weather's gorgeous. I mean, we're talking tropical breeze, right? We just decided, screw you guys, we're not going to record a show. We're just going to sit around and drink beer in this nice warm weather. <laughs> yeah, that's that exactly uh-huh. that yeah, It was something like that. Something yeah, like that's that. what happened. Yep. Uh, the weather was... was, was was shitacular. It was bad. Yeah. It was horrible. We're, we're as the day Saturday rolls along. We're kind of feeling it out. We're talking to folks, you know, and um, you know, it's it's tough to do a live show and expect people to stand out in the cold and rain while we're in the nice, you know, sheltered trailer. <laughs> the yeah. warm, making, heated yeah. trailer, heated trailer with our making fun of them and our yeah. chairs. <laughs> Yeah, heater like full blast. Yeah, and it was just one of those days where, it, ugh, you know, I mean, a lot of folks started pulling out of the show or out of the show, out of the fun fly. Um, you know, and I think Nick and Nick and I were talking about it at the at Othello, and it's it's like Othello for us isn't necessarily about, although it's fun to go fly, it's more about that first initial uh, get together with the Northwest friends. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we got to hang out and meet some new folks and um, kind of do our thing and consume some adult beverages, uh, do some flying when the weather was decent, and sit around and bitch about the weather when it wasn't decent, which yeah. was pretty much <laughs> which was more all of Saturday. Than was decent. <laughs> yeah. All of Saturday. We were expecting Sunday to be a little better because why not? I mean, everybody's leaving. Why wouldn't the weather get better? Yeah. But it didn't happen. No. So it yeah, got worse. Yeah, we woke up yeah, to did. rain on Sunday. Yeah, just a. Ugh. I mean, at, at least we had Friday. You know, it, it was windy. Yeah, definitely windy, but it wasn't. It was warm. Yeah, it was nice. It was I actually got sunburnt. I got sunburnt on Friday. 
So okay, yeah. so Dan, now now tell us about Dan's personal experience. Oh, dude. So let me. I, I know everybody knows because I've been talking about it for quite some time. This this mental issue that I've been having with flying, and so I'll do a quick recap on that. Uh, as stated many times over the past few weeks, uh, I would be simming and doing all this stuff, and just I I would get ready. I'm like psyching myself up. Okay, I'm going to the field. And literally, as I'm going to the field, I'm envisioning getting the heli out and just doing it and not being all, you know, wrapped up like a ball of nerves, not even thinking about it, just like you normally do when you go to the field. You just pull your heli out and put it in the sky, right? So as I would go to the field thinking this, I would get there, get the heli fueled up, check batteries, check everything out, and... um all is well. I mean, I put it on the ground. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to just fly like I normally do. Heli would get in the air. Hovers are fine. As soon as I'd start going into any, anything within a, you know, 20 or 30 feet away from me, I would just freeze, literally freeze in a panic state and, uh, have to bring it back. And that was getting frustrating because I really wanted to get past that barrier. It was really holding me back. Uh, not only from progressing, which frankly, I'm not too concerned about, uh, but enjoying the hobby, which was a real concern. So as we mentioned, you know, we were going to plan on doing the buddy boxing thing and, um, we get there and, uh, you know, Jesse and these guys are like, he's not getting any younger. You know, I was nervous as fuck, man. You know, I'm like, I was going to have Nick buddy box me, but I was still very nervous. I'm trying to break through this mental thing. Right. And not only that, but now. I'm there in front of everybody who's heard about this mental thing, wanting me to break through this mental thing supportively. And, um, Nick and I, or Nick finally says, look, we just, let's just go do it. Let's, let's get it done. That was pretty early too. Like I poured it to you fairly early. I let you get up. We slept <laughs> in a little bit, but this was not like, wait till the end of the day. Let's go do it once. Yeah. And so, uh, but I did put it off. I did. I mean, I remember Jesse said to me something about how the, you know, the day's getting on and I don't know, it wasn't too late in the day yet. It, it yeah, was. Well, you early. were still referencing your 14 flights that you had to get in. So I was like, you better, exactly. better and get that's on what that. Jesse, that's what Jesse was reminding me. <laughs> he's like, dude. Hell, he's not going to fly get on that. <laughs> So anyway, um, we go through the V-bar uh, setup for Buddy Boxing, which by the way, couldn't be any easier. Amaze balls. Absolutely. Once you remember how to do it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we're standing over there, and I think it was the 570, wasn't it? The first one, Nick? It is true. Yeah. And so I, Nick's and I are at the end of his trailer, and I just said, dude, I'm nervous as fuck. You remember that? Mm -hmm. I just said, I'm really, I mean, I was like shaking nervous. And um, we, you know, just. I'm went, of no help. Yeah. He's like. Shut up, Nancy. <laughs> it's your problem. Well, I mean, when it comes to buddy boxing, I just, I have a very high comfort level there. I mean, it's like, dude, it's no big deal. You're not going to crash it, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, you know, the good news is, is um, put the heli in the air and um, kind of, you know, got a feel for it a little bit. And surprisingly enough, uh, it just happened. 
I mean, I didn't have to really think about it. I just started, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it immediately came back, but Nick was, was instructing me. He's like, do this. And I'm just like, no, dude. He's like, just fucking do it. (laughs) He's like, I got it. I'm right here. I got it. Everything's going to be fine. But, uh, you know, telling me to do various things. And, um, I got the first one out of the way. Felt good about it. Yeah. And, um, we then flew the, uh, 770. Oh Yeah. And uh, absolutely love that helicopter. Love the sound, the low head speed. Oh, yeah. She's a beaut. Um, but still, there's that whole, like, so I'm buddy boxing, and I'm like, you know, you're still flying someone else's helicopter at that point. And it's, I've got a, I don't know, I, I flying other people's stuff, um, I'm always extra, extra cautious anyway. You got a you mental know, block about it. I yeah, mean, no, most no, people no. do. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were trying, like I said, kept trying different things and um, just realizing that, uh, voila, what do you know? I mean, uh, all the buddy boxing we did, and I think we did, I don't know, four or five buddy boxing flights. Yep. Um, Nick didn't have to take it. Mm-mm. I did tell him to take it once. Yeah. Um, just because I had, had a quick bout of vapor lock. Yeah, he just kind of like, I told him to do something because I was doing the Jesse leg, I've done it with you, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just random. Okay, this now, you know, yeah, don't let him think about this. it. Just don't think about it. Just fire. do it. And so he did it. And then he's like, oh, uh, and I just see the heli like staying there, slowly going down. He's like, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take <laughs> it. But it's not, again, it was no big deal. I put it back up and I'm like, okay, do it again. Ready? Go. Like no, no chance to get freaked out or nothing. And and he did it immediately. Yeah. So, you know, it came, it was starting to come back. I mean, uh, the comfortable, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm not going to kid myself in saying that I'm right back where I was. That's just not the case because the lack of flying, but what I did, what did we did get accomplished this weekend, which was the goal. And, um, ultimately what I was hoping to happen was to just go fly and not be freaked out and just start getting back into uh, some of that stuff and and start to work on progression again. And um, it wasn't too long after that. I can't remember. I think maybe we did a couple other uh, uh, buddy boxing flights. Actually, yeah, we did. We pulled out the gasser and we did one on that. Yep. And um, wow, the gasser's running good. You know what I mean? It was just Dude, sounding good. That 270 good. is freaking it sounds amazing like yeah. unlike any gasser i've ever heard yeah it it's really smooth and um one thing that i can appreciate i don't know if it was a little maybe um disappointing but i'm gonna i got over it. i'm gonna get over it maybe i still think about it but i'm gonna fix it somehow probably with a different heli is sometimes it's fun and you can't really do this with the gasser to just lay on the sticks, you know, and just, just really do like a really hard inverted punch out or something and just, yeah, just yeah. listen to it grind, you know, and just really grab. You just can't do that with the gas, right? Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, uh, maybe you can, if you get the tune perfect, but still it's not going to pull out like uh, the nitro or electric well. Yeah. And that's okay because that's, that's not a big deal. Yeah. It was fun. Especially when we got, like I forced him. We we also found out something that Dan does that I think maybe a lot of people do, and I would highly suggest you not to do this. Is that um, I kept asking him, "How's the five seventy feel?" He's like, oh, "It's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's not a big deal." I'm like, "Well, uh, 
Okay. You want specifics, damn it. I want, like, is it exactly how, well, it, it's, it's a little twitchy. And then he said it. He goes, but that's the nature of the beast, right? And I went, aha. Like, that was that moment where it dawned on me that Dan doesn't tune. Dan settles. He assumes that if it's smaller, it's automatically twitchier because that's just what smaller helis do, right? And I was like, dude, no, 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 no way. So then I'm like, okay, specifics, collective, too snappy to this, uh, probably to this. So we adjust it. What about cyclic? Oh, okay, to this. And then we go back up and do another flight and you could see immediately there was a difference in his flying. Because now, I mean, we had that baby just turning low, what, probably like 2,000 RPM, I think. Yeah. And turn the cyclic down, and it's so butter smooth. And you could tell the difference in your flying immediately. You are so much more comfortable flying it because it reacted, you know, not as, not exactly like the gasser, obviously, but uh, much more similar. Yeah. I, dude, it, um, I'm kind of looking forward to flying that heli some more, but, um, you know, those part of it is, I think, um, after literally this, this long break from, from flying helis, right. Uh, I'm just, I, I'm so, I'm so kind of just wrapped up into remembering what, uh, I need to do with my hands as far as the sticks are concerned. And, I've found that, oh, I mean, and maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Maybe I need to re- reconsider this, but I, I'm like, I really want to not, or I'm telling myself to not focus on the, the flight characteristics yet. You know, mm-hmm. give myself a little bit of time to just start to feel comfortable with the heli. I mean, just get the heli in the air, damn well, it, and fly it. And it's kind of one of those things, you know, when you go out to the field after you haven't flown in a while and you go to that first flight on your helicopter and you're like, holy cow, this doesn't even feel like my heli. And you want to go start making changes right away. But in the back of your mind, you you, you just know that okay, it's probably not the helicopter. It's probably just me at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but on the same on that same, uh, you know, thought process, the difference that I noticed uh, with a few little tweaks that Nick made at 570 the, the second time around. Everything about it was better. It was for me, you know, for me yeah. personally, it was, it was smoother. It was easier to control the, uh, the collective and, um, it just felt better, which, um, was, was kind of nice to experience. So, you know, it was a good, it was a good weekend. And I think we accomplished, uh, what I wanted to accomplish other than not doing a show, of course, but definitely to get back into the air was a huge relief. And uh, it was uh, it was an awesome experience. Now, moving forward, uh, coming home, uh, you know, with a little extra free time on my hands lately. Yeah, I, uh, I actually was able to go to the field a couple of days. And um, <clears throat> one thing I noticed right away with the gasser was, I was like, what is going on? I mean, because uh, I, I went out and I, I was flying and. It's like, this thing is just not, it's not flying as good as it was at Othello. And so I kind of had to redo, restart over with the whole tuning, which with a gasser can be tricky. Uh, you know, cause you don't have some of the visual and audio, audio, audio type cues that you have with a nitro. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you, I don't know. I, 
kind of had to start that process over. Didn't quite get it done, but I was able to get several flights. And now let's go back to one quick before we move on to that. So as mentioned, Jesse mentioned, I had a goal of 14 flights. Didn't, you know, didn't quite make the goal, but I still contend that I put more flights in at Othello than I probably have at the last three fun flies I've been to. Oh, yeah. Nice, dude. And I, like, I feel like I owe you the credit because the weather was so bad on Saturday. Like, very, very, very few people. There just wasn't much flying at all. Yeah. And I, I think you got in, like, seven or something yeah. on Friday. Yep. So it, it wasn't a fact of I didn't, uh, you know... I, I feel like you still deserve. I feel like you genuinely would have. Yeah, I was on track. I was yes, on track. Mm-hmm. You were definitely on track. Uh, everybody I talked to after they got done flying, they were like, oh, that's a tough sky to fly against. And I was just like, yeah, maybe I'll take my gas for home in one piece today. <laughs> it was tough. It was definitely tough. Yeah, uh, I, I did. I mean, I got ready to fly just in case there was a break and you never know. Uh, weather can change quickly. No matter what state you're in, they always say, well, we always say around here, wait 15 minutes. You know, that's pretty much every state does that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but nonetheless, it didn't happen. So we'll get home and uh, like I said, head to the field, got a couple days flying. It wasn't a lot of flying because I was so wrapped up in getting, because that tail on that goblin is just, it's, it wasn't so bad at Othello, but you saw it, Nick. It wasn't. Greatest. It's a motor tune thing. It is. It, it is. just it makes the motor that little weirdness and yeah and it's yeah. So that actually uh, when I get back home, as as you may have guessed, I'm at Nick's uh, this week. When I get home, I'm going to work on getting the Stator Gators out and uh, you know good riddance. You know, I gave them <laughs> a solid try, right? Yep. Autumn tooth and nail. What are you going to? I'm just going to go with some line hall sensors. The magnets. Yeah. Heck yeah. Easy. Just get them done. Yeah. I got to drill, drill some holes in the gear and, uh, um, you know, get some magnets in there. I've already got the brackets made, so I uh, just got to get it in there and plug them in and um, it'd be uh, flawless at that point. Yes, sir. I think it's really <laughs> cool and something I, I think you should you should not skim over so lightly is that all of your experiences with the flying at the fun fly, getting past those mental hurdles you took home and then just continued on from there. And that's a big deal. Cause a lot of people will like, they'll, you know, maybe they'll go to a 3d class like Todd Bennett's class or something like that. And then they get home at their own field and they turtle back up again. Yeah, forget all that stuff. Yeah, and I wanted to definitely not do that. And, um, you know, I got to tell you, for the, oh, man, for the first time in a long time, um, going to the field was actually kind of exciting. I even called a few guys, and if you guys come out, you guys have heard me talk about most of them, Larry and Fred and those guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I didn't really, you know, they asked me if I got any flying in, and I said, yeah, I didn't really, you know, you know tell them the, the extent of what we uh, got done at Othello, but even they mentioned <laughs> after I did one flight they're like holy shit what happened you don't seem to be having any problems he said one of them did say Harley looks like it's flying like shit <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> nice. but it sure looks like you've got over this uh, mental thing you were talking about the last few weeks so yeah that, that was good i was able to uh able to get that done it was 
it was a huge goal going into Othello and uh, very happy to have accomplished that. So your uh, current fleet right now is all gassers, right? Or do you- I still it? have a couple of electrics and a couple of nitros. Okay. I but saw that the JR4s though, right? are proudly displayed. What's that, Justin? I said I saw the JR4s are proudly displayed. Which on I'm the selling, grass by the way, in front of your table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, only Look, hopefully trying to for sale. Trying to sell it. Yeah, you can send yeah. me an email too. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the actually, uh, the the oxy's flying. Okay, you know well, well, where where the, I was going with that was after flying, you know. Nix Electrics, 570, the 770. Did that put any spark back or interest back into getting an electric heli back in well, there? It always does. I mean, about every six months, I tell myself I need an electric heli only to buy one <laughs> and never fly it. Yeah. I think going down that road, the 570 makes sense because the you know smaller batteries don't have to manage bigger batteries and that's the one thing i just don't like dealing with batteries and charging and all that shit not to mention with how long of flights you get on the gasser you could easily charge up you know packs in that amount of time yeah and it'll it'll fill it'll fill the uh for well like when i went to the field on tuesday i just kind of got to that point after a couple flights and just like ah just uh man i really wish i had another heli here i would just be flying it because i kind of wanted to focus on Getting flying, back. yeah, yeah. Not, I didn't want to be dealing with the tuning issue. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, plug and I go, had to. Plug and go. Right. So I was thinking. Right then, at that point, I was like, "Man, I really wish, I really wish one of these other helis were flying." Although I think the uh, nitros, it, it needs a good once over, but I'm pretty sure it's ready to go. Now, what did you think about the size in the air of the 570? It's a small heli that presents as a big heli. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's visually, and here's the thing. Nix 570 is a really, really bad color for me. Oh, yeah. And it's a bad color for everyone. Yeah, anyone. <laughs> oh, I was because that it's thing the old. white and black? Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, I I need green or red or orange, and preferably orange. Red turns to black really quick for me, so it gets silhouette But the green pops, and so does the orange. But that being said, with the 570 being white and black, I was still getting it a long ways out there and not having any, any real orientation issue. Mm-hmm. It, it happened, but as we're learning, we kind of struggle with, with losing orientation, and it, it's kind of a, an oh shit moment. You know, it's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, there it is. But as we progress, and luckily I didn't lose that in this hiatus, that ability to go, well, I know what I was doing with it last, so I should be able to do this. Fly it through it. Spin, spin the tail or whatever you got to do yeah. and, and not freak out about it. Because I, shit, when I, was, when I was brand new, I lost several helis to that oh shit moment. Mm-hmm. Just because you just start reaching for the corners. Oh, yeah. You know, instead of just letting it come through. So I didn't really have any issues with that. I don't, I don't see that being a problem. You know, I, I was considering the 380. Um, didn't even fly next 380. I have flown. I can't remember. Oh, you will. Oh, damn, you didn't get to fly the 380, huh? Oh, no, he will. I flew somebody's 380 last summer. I want to. S- I don't remember. I think it was Peter. We still have a couple of days of flying here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So he will. I'm going to make him fly uh, the 380 right into the ground. Just and so, so I can. Surprisingly, that's not. That's a lot bigger of a deal than you'd expect. Because that's a <laughs> that's a pricey ass heli to crash, dude. Yeah, it is. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're here. 
and um i had a really hard day really long tough day of um a couple episodes of lost a little nap a little bike ride here <laughs> while nick was slaving away at work uh, yeah and, oh, uh, man. it was just a really tough tough day in fact yeah he called me and said you know he, i took him to work so i could have his truck if i wanted to go do something and um, he called me. I didn't tell him this, but I was like napping at the time, and I just—I was really—I really got pissed. I'm like, dude, seriously, are you really waking me up for a nap? <laughs> nap? <laughs> Don't nice. you guys have a bus system here? Come on, man, you consider it. <laughs> no, it was a good day. And uh, tomorrow, while Nick's at work, uh, weather's supposed to be good. Uh, I'm going to take the bike out to Mount Baker, mm-hmm. and um, one other trip that uh, Nick used to do back in his uh, hardcore biking days. And um, then when he gets done, because tomorrow is supposed to be beautiful. Jesse, I don't know if you've seen the weather tomorrow. But, damn. Looking okay. Unless it's changed recently, but. (sighs) I refuse to look because I don't want to know any different. Oh, it's looking good. Yeah, we're uh, going to head to the field. Um, And, of course, if it stays nice, we're going to be able to spend quite a bit of time there. Oh, yes. Get some flights in on that 570. Nice. Yeah. I know, and he doesn't have any of his, so he's flying all mine. I did bring my V-Control, though. So That's all you need in life. <laughs> it's, it's Dan, I can confirm now. I did just look. It is looking good tomorrow, especially Excellent. towards the afternoon hours. So oh, that's, what I, that's what I like to hear. Well, uh, I want to work on some very specific stuff tomorrow. I want to work on uh, inverted circuits and uh, no, no baby steps here, bitches. Some pure yeah, TikToks. Get... <laughs> you know, I <laughs> Nick's got you. You know, there was one point in uh, my progression when I was actually doing half TikTok very, very nastily and ugly, and they didn't really, I mean, I don't think you could recognize them, right? You wait a minute though, you were doing them on the 570. You wait, hold on, doing oh, what? TikTok. So I was thinking pyro. Uh, pyros. Oh, pyro flips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, half pyro flips. There you go. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I was going to so, like a half TikTok. Isn't that just like a tick? A tick, tick. Tick. It's <laughs> a tick. Tick. Yep. Tick. That usually ends in disaster. <laughs> so let's see. And, you know, we're going to work on a few things. And uh, hopefully I leave here with a few more bags in the trick. Bags in the trick? It didn't come out mm. right. God damn it, Nick, and your rum. <sighs> Sorry. Tricks in the bag. So yeah. That's it. Who's who's going next? Anyone? I can go. Let me let me explain to you guys how this works. <laughs> yeah. This is a this is what's called a like an audio podcast. You have to talk. Yeah. And when someone says who's next, um typically what that means, that's a cue. Uh, to jump in to, seamlessly. To, Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm taking oh. no- Can you talk slower? I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah. That, that is it. what editing is for. Oh, the is that what that's won't on? hear any of this, yeah, guys. That, Actually, I'm going to add about a 30 seconds. So that 10 talk. minute silence, you'll cut down to like 45 seconds. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. There you go. Just, just enough for effect. What's uh, all right. Crickets in the back. I'll go. Go in because I'm ready. When building a new helicopter, it is a relief to know that I don't need to worry about what brand of servos I'm going to use. 
Now that I have hundreds of flights on multiple sets of BK servos, I have no problem running them on any heli and recommending them to anyone. For me, they bring everything to the table that I need in a set of servos. Strength, speed, cost, and of course, looks. With the sexy machined aluminum cases and affordable gear sets, I definitely know which servos are going on my next heli. Check them out at bkservo.com. Definitely my highlight of the trip. Uh, Friday, uh, we got there late Thursday night. Had no had no problems with the travel on the way over, really. Uh, let's see. Friday, windy, but I got a bunch of flights in. And I flew them all. Everything that I had, including dun, 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 the nitro. The goblin nitro. So let's talk a little bit about nitro and quickly remind ourselves why we started flying electric. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nick made about every fundamental, basic, childish, foolish, newbie mistake possible. I like it. Uh, because, you know, to be fair, it's been, I mean... Well, uh, over a year, I say two. year and a half, two maybe. Yeah, since I've actually flown nitro. Now, obviously, I've helped people tune them. It's it's not like you ever really forget stuff, but boy, you really forget your routine. I mean, big time. Like, so I got the nitro all built, and I have in it um, the uh, previously blown up. Uh, wide open throttle Turek motor that came from Justin. I've got a YS, uh, the Hattori pipe for the YS120 on there. So I get it all prepped up and I'm doing a bolt check and I kind of giggle to myself. I'm like, oh, silly dummy, you didn't even put a fuel clamp on there to pinch off the, you know, the fuel line going to the carb. <laughs> I'm like, wow, man, you are uh, details, really. Details. Yeah, you're really slacking. Oh, okay, so we laugh about it. And I go out there and try and start it. I can't get this thing started to save my life. I mean, and I'm going, what is going on? It's just not acting right. It kind of wants to start, but it won't. Then I find out that my starter of like a gazillion years ago, the cones all wore out. Now the wand's whacking me in the nuts. And then it dawns on me that the Goblin Nitro does not have a one-way starter shaft. It's just like it's it's basically straight to the crankshaft with no one-way assembly. So now you have to have a starter that has a one-way in it, which is fine because... Well, wait, wait a minute. So that's what was not... The starter itself was not allowing your motor to start? No. Oh, no, we'll get there. That This was just... Uh, as it's not starting okay. and I'm repeatedly lifting my starter up and the wand sticking in there and then <laughs> slamming against my leg. Uh, hold, hold on. Uh, let me, Nick, give me a second to paint a picture because you're leaving out some critical features. This was Friday morning, correct? Yes. Probably, you know, we, we all got sort of a slow start to the morning, but I'd say by probably like 10, sometime yep. in the 10 o'clock hour, you were ready to go. 
Now, and I this is know- the first time that everyone recognized that we were there, and they yep. saw Nick's trailer, and they saw the black nitro, and they saw Nick trying to start it. And so <laughs> yeah. as right. Nick is telling this story, guys, please visualize in your head a growing crowd yes. of spectators that is watching this guy sit there trying everything in the book to get the damn thing started and knocking down issues one at a time. Oh, shit, I didn't have the fuel clamp. Oh, I don't have a one way. Oh, uh, I forgot a glow plug. Um, I don't have my radio set. Uh- <laughs> Dude, it's like, so then I'm sitting out there and it's like, it won't start and it won't start and it won't start. And then I'm going, what the hell? And so finally I'm like, I kind of giggled and I'm like, you know what? Fuck nitro. I sat down on the table, I grabbed the 770, and I went and flew. Now that, I will give, the one thing that I get to give myself credit for that day is that all of my issues, and this is the beautiful, amazing part to having a good, reliable fleet, I didn't let them, they did not keep me from flying at any point in time. I'd have a little problem with it, I'd set it down, grab another heli, go get a flight, come back with a smile on my face. As I'm sitting there on the bench, I open up my cabinet to get something else, and it just hits me like a rolled-up newspaper. I'm like, you know, dummy, (laughs) remember how you didn't put the fuel clamp on there? Yes, Nick. Well, does that also mean you never put the one-way check valve in the pressure line? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Nick. Okay, so we'll dig that out of the nitro box. So I put that in there. Then I set it back outside, plunk my ass down. I got someone else's starter now, probably Justin's. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident she's going to run. Uh, just hammering at this thing. It won't start. Still laughing. And at this point, it is, it's really quite funny. I mean, we're all laughing about it because I'm like, you know, I just I hate this shit. I mean... <laughs> Uh, only to find out that about 10 minutes of starting, it will not start if you have throttle cut on. Um, so, yes, that is apparently a requirement of flying nitro is to not have the throttle cut on. And we got it started. And it flew. Now, what was I was having some what was my. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I had it. It tunes very differently than my other ones. Uh, the gain values are on the tail are a lot different. So I had a little bit of a tail lag, but nonetheless, it was up, it was flying. I was getting the motor broke in. Um, heli wise, um, I love the way it flies. It's, it, how do I put it? It flies great. It tuned very easy to get it flying the way I wanted. I really do just want 690s. I mean, I don't know any other way to say that. I have found my magic chi, and my magic chi, which I'll get to in a second, is disclosing specifics, and it doesn't quite meet that. Um, my other negative thing is, I, you know, I pulled out a 91 3DS, a YS 3DS, and I never had a problem with that motor. I mean, that thing was just fire run, fly, shut it off, run, fly. I mean, every single time, very little tuning. It tuned very simple. It was, uh, you know, very obvious with the tuning. You could go off the manual. Life was good. This Tarek motor, 
is a bastard. Yes, it is. Like, I get it now. I get why people have had... uh, It's confusing. It does some funky stuff. And I don't know if it's just this motor-pipe combo. And again, I'm trying not to shame it because I'm... I mean, admittedly, I'm way out of it, right? But, I I mean, I know how to tune, and I didn't forget how to tune. It just tunes very, very differently. So, I did put quite a bit of flights on the Nitro, um, and it got, once I kind of just threw away needle settings, I mean, I went way out wide and just started and said, screw all of this. I don't even care where turns I'm at. I'm going to tune this by ear like the way that Nick knows how to tune. And finally, like the second to last flight, it started to dial in. And I'm like, oh, there it is. Because on 650s, this thing should be unboggable. I mean, it really should. And it wasn't up at the point in the day. Now, the good part is I never ran it lean. So it got good and broke in. And we're not talking about a ton of flights. I mean, I put a solid gallon through it. um, So not a ton. But uh, unfortunately, right as I got the tune to where um, it started to to dial in and make good power. And like the last flight that I had on it, I was honking on it pretty good. Unfortunately, there have been, and I'll just be upfront and honest about this because anyone that's been on the forums have seen, um, it looks like there might be a bad batch of one-way bearings. And I fell victim to that. SAB's looking into it right now. Um, it, It doesn't, and this is really weird because it's the same one-way setup that's on the 630 and the original Goblin 700. So it's it's actually not part of the Nitro portion of it. This is just the regular one-way. And, you know, they don't, like, at first when um, some it started popping up that people were having issues, it's like, how could you have an issue? I mean, you just don't have problems with this. This is tried and true. This part's been put through the paces. But nonetheless, so I don't know yet if it's a bad batch of one ways, which can happen to anyone um, or what, but I know they're going to get it all figured out. So a uh, good part, it happened right about kind of the end of the day um, on Friday where it wasn't, or, or did it happen on Saturday? At any rate, I got more than enough flights in on it. So that was good. Um, overall, really good experience. Feels good to be flying Nitro again. It was embarrassing to shake out all the bugs, but I do feel like it's back. So that's good. Now, probably the highlight of my whole weekend, um, believe it or not, was getting Dan back up and flying. I had a blast. I still don't know if he believes how much fun that is for me. Because I was just like, dude, let's do it again. Let's go. Let's grab this one. Let's fly this one. I know that for him, it's like, I'm not flying my heli. But for me, I just don't care. I mean, it doesn't bother me one bit. So that was a lot of fun and added a lot of enjoyment to my weekend. My secret sauce, my awesomeness, the final key to like everything that I have been looking for. You know, I was on the fence about the about the black thunder uh, because of the disc loading. Finding out, okay, it's going to end up fairly light. Well, pays to be a little bit of a nerd. 
Ransom numbers started looking at disc loading on weights and blade length and all this. And I was like, hey, you know, man, if I can get a hold of some 710s, that's actually, you know, and then maybe go with the carb because I've still got the original 700 competition. Maybe go carbon tail boom and carbon uh, canopy. That's going to put me almost uh, a lighter disc loading than it would be for the Black Thunder on 690s. And I started looking back at, you know, like all of the helis, and because and I keep notes of all those weights, all the ones that have been my favorite. And I'm, it's like I'm looking at this trend going, dude, you really like a light helicopter. I mean, sorry, you just do. Um, well, I can't make the 700 competition any lighter, but I can sure put it on bigger blades. So this was something that I had wanted to do, but in the past it hasn't really been an option because unfortunately the 710 SABs aren't that great. Um, <laughs> to be nice. Well, I'm just, no, they're I'm, not. They're not. I agree. No, I mean, it's okay. It's a fact. Sorry. You know, um, but I've, you know, so the second that they announced the Thunderbolts, I'm, I mean, I'm firing off texts to everyone, all the guys on the team that I know that I got, I'm like, how are they, how are they? And I just keep saying, dude, they're awesome. They're great. They're great. They're great. So when we got, um, I flew all day Friday, I threw, flew my 700 as a three blade and was just having fun, you know, honking on it and having a good time. Well, everyone went to bed Friday night and I was like, dude, Justin's got a load of seven tens. All right, I'm going to do it. So I stayed up till like three thirty, after everyone else went to bed, and swapped my seven hundred over to a two blade, and then got it all ready, got the setup all ready, and I snagged a set of uh, the DH, so the Dominic Hagel, yep, seven elevens. Which the reason I picked those out of all the blades that he has was they had a tip profile very similar to uh, the Thunder, um, the SABs. So put them on there, got the ESC recalibrated, dropped the head speed, you know, after like talking to Jesse on what he runs on the Protos now, put the head speed at like 1930. And I swear, like the planets aligned. This thing was amazing. What, what's the weight on that heli, Nick? Uh, with the one, you know, I don't know if I've reweighed it with the 160, but I want to say 12.3 ish. Okay. Yeah. Cause right around. And, and I got to admit, I've, I had a chance to fly that heli for three, four minutes, and it definitely, that was the sweet spot, you know, blade wise and head speed wise. So yeah. for the Protos, I was because that's a little bit lower head speed than what I run on the Protos, but it makes sense with the weight because I'm at about two thousand on the Protos, yeah. but I'm just shy of thirteen. So yeah, yeah, and dude, it was like I didn't realize that's what I was missing. It felt like home. I was just killing it, having a blast. I put flight after flight after I like I just kept flying it over and over again. All the manu- all the maneuvers, and you know what else came back? Like I can finally say, "Baby, I'm back." Autos. That's what it was. That's what I never got used to on the 690s. Was it just didn't have the hang time that I was expecting? And man, I'm out there stretching out my inverted autos, doing inverted pyro flipping autos, and, and it like with no issues whatsoever. It's like it, you hadn't ever left. 
It really was. It was like I'd never left. And um, man, what an incredible, that got me so re-pumped for flying uh, that it was just like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I just kept banging out the flights. The 770 is still an absolute hoot. That thing is an auto machine. Let me tell you, you can do some crazy fun stuff with that. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a little intimidating from a cost factor. Like I really don't want to bounce it down the down the flight line. Like I, you know, like I have a tendency of doing when I get a little fun with my autos. But man, flying wise, model wise, it was just it was awesome. I mean, great. Now, Justin, uh, I'll I'll let you talk about the um, the speed thing. But I had a, I had a great experience. Justin got to set up his timing system. Yep. And let me tell you, I am loving the 500. Mm-hmm. Loving it. So I think as far as that goes, yeah, Dan and I are going to get out and fly. I, I didn't need to do anything. I'm coming home. I'm recharging. And we're just going to go put some serious flights in on. It was awesome. I got a lot of flights on on the 570. Battery view's doing really good after this weekend. Um, so look like, you know, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday-ish around in there. Look for an update. And I'm actually going to get the post made for the review on our website. So everyone can kind of see where I'm at. Nice. And then uh, those of you that have contacted Justin for the battery database, I'm going to be doing my next update on IRs as well. Good news is I've had no issues with any of the packs, actually. All of them are holding up very well. They're very different characteristic-wise. Like the Venom is just super crazy light, so I don't need the head speed with it. Um, the, uh, the Rev Electrics... The graphene pack from Rev Electrics, again, 100 grams heavier than like the OptiPower, but it's uh, OptiPower 50C, but it's also sitting in the lead as far as IRs go. At certain times, I don't care for that weight, but don't mind telling you, when it was windy out, <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah, dude, was, that makes a big difference. Throw that bigger was, battery in there. And that's how I kept throwing it in for Dan. Every time we would go and fly, I was grabbing that pack because the wind was there. Bump up the head speed a little bit, throw that heavier pack in, and man, that 570 just didn't even flinch in the wind. So, you know, and and then all the rest. So right now, everything, I mean, they're, they're different, um, but we've got no clear winner yet, so to say. Everything's just holding strong, but I'll get all that information up there. I think it's fair to say that we all love a good deal. But why is it that whenever I need to order parts, I can't find a coupon code or a sale on what I actually need? Well, that's why I shop at Lower Heli. They simply have the lowest prices all the time. For my personal favorites like SAB, Hobbywing, and now V-Control, to Align, Pulse, tons of other brands, and even a great selection of FPV equipment. So stop wasting your time chasing discount codes and weekend sales. Head on over to Lower Heli to get what you need when you need it. That's www.lowerheli.com for the lowest everyday prices. Who's next? Who's next? 
Thanks. I will. Okay, go, Jesse. You, you want to go? No, no, you do okay. it. Let's let's Justin hear it. should definitely wrap up. I I yeah, will go should. last. I will definitely <laughs> I mean, go last. We're just build, you know, building it up, building it up. So, gotta remember back. So I'm gonna start a little bit before Othello because, kind of explains the week leading up to the fun fly and the craziness of that week, which you know I can hardly recall. But a couple of weeks ago, remember I was out at the field and thought I had solved that kind of intermittent power loss shutdown issue. Um, and then I was getting in a couple flights and it, you know, out of the blue just came right back. So that's kind of the starting point. Since then, this would be a week before the fun fly. I completely tore down the protos and I found a couple things when I was kind of digging through it. The first thing that I found was boom grounding. So, you know, remember this is a belted helicopter. So really want to make sure that I have continuity all the way from the tail case all the way up to the motor. And when I you know, grabbed my multimeter, threw it in the uh, continuity setting, nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. It didn't matter, you know, if I kind of dug it into the head of the screws, kind of touched different spots on the tail case, kind of worked my way from the motor mounts back to the boom block and going, okay, it's got it. There's got to be something somewhere. Um, I had completely lost, you know, the, all the continuity. The, the boom was no longer grounded. So that was kind of issue number one. And, and how I figured that happened was, you know, with all these hard landings and all the shutdowns, I haven't, um, since the first one at Snohomish, which has been quite a while ago, I hadn't replaced any parts. All of these have just been really hard landings, really hard autos, you know, it's shutting down halfway through a flip, getting it back upright and bouncing as it's hitting the ground and whatnot. Yeah, link here, there. Yeah, but. so I mean, I haven't really replaced any major parts, no tail blades, no nothing like that, but I kind of was looking at the boom and noticed that it had shifted ever so slightly in the boom block. And I think what had happened was I only sanded a patch of the top of the boom and the, and the underside of the boom block. And then when it's all assembled and tightened correctly, and when the boom's inserted perfectly straight, it matches up and you get continuity. But with it being slightly tweaked from some of the hard landings, I'm guessing that, you know, just slightly misaligned, boom, there goes your continuity. So pulled that apart. And I mean, I sanded the whole top of the boom is exposed and uh, up, up front, the part that's in the boom block. And then the underside of the boom block took a little wire wheel on the Dremel and took a bunch of the anodizing off. Um, so that issue is not going to happen again. And we should give a heads up because there was a, a, a listener, if not maybe a couple, that were saying, hey, you really need to check this because people, uh, numerous other people have ran into that. Yeah. And it's. It's not, I mean, it, it tells you, you know, you see it in the post, you see it in build threads. It, I'm trying to remember if it's mentioned in the manual or not, but it, you know, I was kind of, it, it's not spelled out for you how to ground the boom. It, it's kind of, you have to know that I would say going into it, that you're going to have to ground the boom. Cause you know, I was kind of used to with the compass kits. They gave you the little washer with the wire and they tell you to sand it and you zip tie the wire to the boom. And that's, that's all just, you know, part of the manual. Mm -hmm. Um, and so definitely something to point out and something to check, you know, even if you're not having issues, it could happen at any time. So it's something to check if you have that helicopter, you know, just, just to make sure it's a really easy fix. Once you get that anodizing sanded off on the boom block and the boom, everything else, you'll, you'll have continuity, perfect continuity up to the motor. So not a big deal once you know about it. The second thing I found was I decided, you know, while I got this thing apart, it's only a couple bolts. I'm going to do a motor inspection. Nick had kind of thrown out the, 
hey, have you checked the motor bearings? Have you done, you know, just kind of... Because of what happened to me. Yeah, with your <laughs> motor bullets, right? And then the bearings being bad. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, you know, that's that's a great idea. Well, I got this thing torn down, so pulled out the Scorpion motor, 4525-520 Ultimate that was in there. And, I mean, I should note, this thing has more flights on it than... I mean, this is probably like an original stepping up to 700 class motor for you know, when I first got into 700s. I mean, this is an old motor. It, <laughs> I don't even Dude. know how many flights this thing has on it. So I'm going... Thousands. Definitely thousands. Thousands and thousands um, of flights. So as I'm pulling the motor apart, you know, it, it'll, it comes apart smoothly. The bearings actually feel great. I'm like, okay, that's... That's good, but I was kind of hope you know you, it's I was to the point where you want to find something. You're like just just make it go away, <laughs> and so you know the bearings felt fine. And then I kind of started looking at the stator, and the you know the the copper windings and the co- you know the coils and stuff, and inside there kind of I don't know if it's the insulation that's isolating the coils or the stator from the actual windings but there's kind of like a paper-like insulation that's wrapped around in there yeah Um, that's exactly what it is and so that had started in between the coils that had started to kind of crack a little bit so on the stator and, and i could see these cracks and it looked like some material was being lost out of there now like i said this motor has a ton of flights so it's old but i'm going man that just does not look right and so I kind of put it, and you could tell there was a couple little loose pieces and nothing. It it was all in the gaps. There was none where it's like, okay, that wire is in direct contact with the stator. You know, there's it was all kind of in the gap. So I decided to throw the motor back together, and then when I spun it over by hand, you could hear that something was kind of ticking on the magnets. So I'm like, there's got to be a little bit of interference there. And so I'm like, just as a precaution, dialed up my good buddy Nick and said, yo. You got, you got a motor I could borrow? <laughs> Nick's like, well, I I happen to have the exact same motor sitting here as a spare. I don't. I think you just pulled it out of your seven hundred, replaced it well, with the X Nova. Um, it was the one that was in my other seven hundred, and then um, I pulled it out when I swapped it to the seven seven. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you know, ran out there and grabbed that, and then threw, soldered it up and threw that motor in, and then that next the the week right before Othello. Got in a couple flights, just quickly tested it out and put in four solid flights with absolutely no issues. So I'm like, perfect. It seems to be fixed. I was getting a little bit worried going, I'm not going to have like hardly any helicopters to fly at Othello. I'm going to be stuck wrenching the whole time. Um, so finally got everything good to go, as well as getting the uh, YS-96 installed leading up to Othello. So the actual fun fly... Um, Man, overall, really, really positive experience. I mean, it's Othello. It's just got, it's the first one out of the gate. You're getting the gang back together, both, you know, all of us meeting up and getting to fly together, our CHN, but then the whole Northwest Heli gang as well. You know, all the guys that we haven't seen since last September or October, depending on who went to what fun flies. So on Friday, got there, or you know, Thursday got in late, as Nick mentioned. Friday, it was windy, but... You know, I was still kind of riding that high going, okay, I got the Protoss ready to fly. I think it's fixed. I think we're good to go. And I spent Friday morning finishing up the install on the YS-96 SRX. Um, just had a, you know, a couple little things to do. Had to do throttle endpoints, 
and put the pipe on. So you know, really minor stuff. All the the build and the install was done, and and this is really sad. And I think just or I was kind of giving Justin a bad time a little bit about you know maybe not having all his helis ready, and then I'm going, dude, I have <laughs> I have like zero. I don't even have half a leg to stand on because you almost pulled off building an entire heli and I could not get a motor installed. <laughs> true. True. So it's like, yeah, okay. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop making fun of you. I'll take one. the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true though. It's just one of those, you know, you're like, okay, I know the fun flies coming this weekend and I'm sitting there Sunday night before a fellow going, if the fun fly was tomorrow, I have no helis. <laughs> I mean, like zero, absolutely not a single heli that I could go plug in and fly. So it's like, all right, game time. And so almost got it all done. So finished up that Friday morning, dialed it into the needle settings that I was given by YS and went out there, you know, started, fired the thing right up. Um, a little rough on the idle, but we got that dialed in and went to go do some flights on it. So the first flight it was super, super rich. Now, this motor did come to me broke in, um, and I did start on the conservative end with the needle settings, and Richard from YS also mentioned that he's like, you know, these are conservative settings, typically what you would do for a break-in. I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll start there and see. So first flight, it wouldn't even really get up to the idle up speed. It just kind of surged a little bit and um, was just blubbery, blubbery rich. So slowly, 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 Started leaning it out, you know, a couple clicks on the high, a couple clicks on the mid, and kind of working it in. And I, if I recall, I think I started at, and I'll get into more details in the review, but just for, you know, people that might have this motor right now, just if you want a place to start, this is kind of my first initial experience um, to kind of get you going if you got it. Uh, I started at two and two on the mid and the high. That was blubbery rich. Finally, at about 1.6 turns out, this is from fully seated, so 1.6 turns out on the high and one and three quarters out on the mid was where it finally started to wake up a little bit. Um, and then, you know, the, I, I continued tuning from there, continued leaning it out a, a little bit more, not a whole lot. I'm, I'm still really at the point where, I, I don't know, I don't push it too much. I will as the review progresses, but right now I just want to, make sure the motor is functional and it works and really get some good flights on it before I start pushing the absolute limits. So honestly, once it gets enough power, it's kind of like that that's enough. I don't see a huge need right now to lean that sucker out anymore, even though I think it does have more. And uh, just as an initial <laughs> little teaser, I think the guys would agree that it makes some freaking power. Oh, good. dude, <laughs> I mean, dude. I mean, it makes Jeez. stupid power. It, it doesn't yeah, even complain. It, no. It sounds like an electric. I mean, it was windy at your face, and I was just doing, like, huge full collective climbing TikToks or huge punch-outs straight into the wind, you know, full, fully loading the collective, and it just... If you couldn't hear the blades and you were just keying on the motor tune or the, the sound of the motor, you wouldn't even... You'd think I was just sitting there hovering it. Um, so, so far, so good. Loving the motor. Um, honestly, and this, you know, and as I, now that I'm kind of getting some flights in on it and really getting the review kicked off, I think my next step, cause I, I really do want to be able to push this motor to the, you know, see what it's got basically. And I don't think 
at least from what I saw last weekend. Now that I'll get some more flights in on it this weekend, but I don't think I'm going to be able to push it to its absolute max consistently on set with 700 millimeter blades. So I think part of the review will be done on 700 millimeter blades, the, the Compass 700s. And mostly that's just because that's my baseline. That's what, you know, I had the 91 S, uh, 3DS, SR 3DS on. And all I did was swap motor pipe. It's you know, straight across weight. Everything stayed very consistent. And so now I can do a direct comparison to that motor. But then in addition, now I can throw 710s on there. And before I do that, I really want to see if I can get that upgraded clutch for the N7. I'm just, <laughs> Game I over. just don't want to, <laughs> I just see exactly where that's going. Um, but I, I think with 710s, man, if it can pull those around, no problem doing all the stuff I was doing, it, it's going to be, it's going to be impressive. And I think that's what it's going to take to really give a, uh, a full evaluation, a thorough evaluation of the motor and do a, you know, really in-depth review. So that, that's the direction I'm heading and uh, hopefully in the, in the next couple of weeks be getting there. So overall for the weekend, put about almost a gallon. I think I just have just a touch left in that gallon. So seven flights or so, six, seven flights on the nitro, and then probably about another six, seven flights on the protos as well. So kind of going back to the shutdown issues I was having, it flew absolutely flawless. Um, at Othello. I did not have you know, a single issue with the helicopter besides my flying sucking and the, the lighting being horrible and you know, all, <laughs> all the above there. But as far as the helicopter goes, I think either the, you know, like I said, I changed the motor and the groom, the boom grounding. I think it's fixed. And honestly, I'm leaning at this point in time, I'm leaning towards the motor very heavily um, was the point of failure. So I'm kind of debating right now. It's like, okay, I really wanted to make it through Othello and make sure I didn't have any major issues at a fun fly. But now that I'm back from the fun fly, do I dare even risk like trying to put my other motor back in just as a troubleshooting mechanism to see if it, ah, could that have been it? Is the motor going to be fine? Or do I just say, screw it and go buy a new motor? Um, you know, my answer. Yeah. Screw it. <laughs> But it's yeah, it's it's just hard. get a new one, dude. It's I agree. It's time. New one. It's time. So it's time anyway. I mean, that's been an awesome motor. Yeah, hey, you can't uh, complain like it hasn't given you, you know, thousands of flights of service. Yeah, that is very true. Zero complaints. It will now just become a uh, paperweight, but definitely lots of yeah, lots of good flights. Awesome motor. So probably be ordering up a motor here next week or so since give Nick back his spare. Um, overall though, yeah, Othello, super relaxing event. Like I said, it was great to reconnect. And honestly, one of the highlights for me, which I don't know if you guys noticed this was all of the nitros. Oh I mean, I don't gosh. know if it was, it, yes. it, it wasn't just confined to our little you know, kind of corner that we claimed, but even looking down the flight line, I would, Man, there typically there's a lot more electric flights than nitro flights. I don't think oh, I yeah. don't think it was fifty fifty, but it might have been a third to two thirds electric to nitro that weekend. A definite increase I mean, since last year. I mean, ob very obvious yep. increase. Very obvious yep. increase. Lots of people fly in the nitro. Well, people have choices once again. Mm -hmm. I mean, we went to where there was like there was no choices, 
And now we're back to, you know, we've got the, the N7. We've got the NX7. Yep. Got the, you know, we've got the, the Black Nitro. So yep. we're starting to get good models out there in Nitro form once again. And, you know, with YS releasing the 96. And the new 91. Now if, now if we can get the, you know, some pipe manufacturers kind of, kind of back in the rolling then um you know figure out where to get fuel <laughs> yes that's a big one right now for us we'll be man we'll be back in action so that was one of the huge highlights for me it was just awesome to see all the nitro um being burnt and then you know just the the obvious stuff getting back in the swing of things getting the rv out kind of for me that i haven't had very many fun flies with that setup so just still getting everything dialed in and yeah, it was it was a blast. So a lot of fun, and I was kind of sitting there as we're pulling out of Othello, going, "Man, because I I have some plan. I really really wanted to make it to Dieter's Fun Fly, but I got a good friend who's getting married that exact same weekend. So I was sitting there going, "Man, I my next Fun Fly might not be till the end of July. And that just wasn't acceptable. So I'm I'm looking around. I really want to try to do one more before then because, man, just getting out there and flying just it's a blast. A lot of fun. After changing my custom charging case about 12 times now, I've really come to appreciate what the guys at Progressive RC bring to the hobby. With a huge selection of charging accessories such as balance boards, charge leads, connectors, adapters, case fans, and more, you'll be sure to find exactly what you need to make your custom charging system really shine. And if you're not interested in going DIY style, then hit them up for one of their turnkey charging systems. Just choose your options and you'll be charging in no time. Head on over to www.progressiverc.com today and get that spark back into your hobby. Aggressive RC, taking charging to the next level. This leaves you, Justin. It does. It does leave me. And like any good story, there are always two sides. Oh, God. <laughs> um, okay, so Othello. First of all, leading up to Othello, I, as you guys recall from the last time we talked, I did finally get my TDR2 in the mail. Uh, it it came completely unscathed, no issues, no damage to any of the hardware. The box was, you know, nice and sturdy, very well packed. So no real problems there. And, you know, a couple of months back when I knew this was going to happen and before I realized that the Postal Service sucks ass, uh, my goal was to have the thing ready to fly for Othello. You know, I figured that that would be a really cool cool target to have the TDR2 as awesome as it is out and speed flying at the first event of the season. So I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to give it a try. Now, uh, I've got to say, I, to a certain extent, I actually impressed myself, although I think most of the credit goes to Jan, uh, Jan Henslet, the designer of the model. I actually got this model on Friday. The, the Friday prior to Othello. Now, mind you, we left for Othello on Thursday afternoon. So about five days later. 
And I had to work Monday through Thursday just like usual. So I, I decided I would commit my nights between the Friday when I picked it up until Othello to try to get the thing all up and running. And much to my surprise, I got it completely built. I mean, the mechanics were absolutely finalized. Everything was set up. Electronics were installed. The only thing that I did not get to before the fun fly was sort of the final programming. You know, just running through the fly barless system, making sure that I've got everything set up correctly, gyro directions, you know, that sort of a thing, uh, uh, cyclic and collective throws. Other than that, it was ready to go. So I didn't meet the target, but I got damn close. And I got to tell you guys, this build was freaking amazing. Now, start out for a second uh, with the fact that Jan gives you like a hundred plus page manual. And the first thing he says in the manual is don't just look at the pictures or you will fail. You have to read it. So I actually had to read the entire manual, like each section before I tried to build it. And it turns out that I'm glad that I did because he has so many invaluable tips. Uh, You know, I'm sure there aren't many people out there that have really either had an opportunity to see it physically or see a lot of, you know, good detailed high res photos. So what you won't realize until you do get your eyes on it is that this thing is an engineering marvel. He packed every single bit of technology into this that he could without making it larger than normal. So there is not a single bit of space in that airframe that is wasted. And I'm talking like the the reason you have to read the text is because if you don't, you'll realize that if you do an install of a certain subassembly the way you think you should do it based on your align or your protos or whatever, you won't get it to work. There is only one way to build this model, and it's the way that he tells you. Uh, otherwise, it won't go together. So. You know, that's kind of amazing. Being an engineer myself, I I could kind of, you know, I told Nick this on one of our, you know, many nightly build sessions or wrenching sessions over the phone. I can I can almost kind of see the thought process that he went through as he was designing this and prototyping and improving uh, because a lot of the the design features that he's got you realize that once you've gone to that level of complexity, there really aren't any other ways to do it. So it just, it kind of leads you down that path anyway. So it was a really cool experience, not just from the standpoint that it's a TDR2 and it's new and, ooh, wow, exciting, but also to, to get a, you know, get a firsthand look at how he thought through the design and to experience a design that frankly is unlike any other model in the industry, including his previous TDR one. Okay. So that was, that was a good part. We got the TDR two all ready to go. I brought it to Othello because we knew there was going to be some wind. So I figured, you know, I got about an hour's worth of work on it on the bench. And if the weather turns super shitty, then I could probably get that done and maybe even maiden it there at the last minute. 
that didn't turn out to happen, but it was cool because I got to sit in on the bench and tons of people wanted to come over and look at it and talk about it and stuff. So that's always kind of neat. Uh, Thursday rolls around. All of my fleet is pretty much ready to go. I, I made sure I put the time in to get everything organized and as ready as I thought I could be. And this time, uh, my wife and I decided that we were going to do the whole family thing. So we were going to bring my wife, Marnie, and my son, Charlie, and we rented an RV, which was kind of cool. Uh, went to Cruise America and rented a 25-foot RV. Uh, I think it's it's pretty much very similar to like what you've got, Nick. I think yours has got cooler features than the rental, but size-wise, it was right about the same thing. Um, and that was a new experience for us all. I had driven an RV before when we went to Urcha, obviously, uh, but this was the first time I was actually going to drive one for a long distance, just me. So that was kind of neat. Um, everything went well on the RV, no real issues. It worked as expected. Got the family over there about an hour or so after I think Nick and Jesse got there. Had a little bit of an issue with the or GPS. Two. It sent me to the middle of a guy's field on a dirt road. Uh, that was not the place that I was planning on going, but eventually made it to Othello. It took like a freaking uh, airport landing crew to get me to actually back in correctly. So at one point, I'm pretty sure I had Nick on one side behind the truck, Jesse on the other Kim at the passenger window telling Marnie and then like a whole audience in front waiting to see my facial expression when I run it into a sprinkler head or or <laughs> off the road into the ditch. Well, to be fair, backing in there at night is tough. Backing a motorhome up in the dark is really tough. Yeah, and you know what, dude? Like, I, I could never get over the fact that I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. I I, I got this. I'm going to look in the rearview mirror. And what what do I see in the rearview mirror? My son laughing at me. <laughs> because, right, you, you can't see. You can't see with the, the rearview mirror. No, I don't even know why just, they give you one. It's so far. In the back of it, so far back there, you really lose depth perception. Yeah, you do. So it, you absolutely do. And but then when you're out, out there. And there's no lights out there at all. So it's oh, not it's like you're in the city backing up in a Walmart yeah. parking lot. Right, right, where you got some glow. Oh, yeah. Beyond beyond the few, you know, a few feet beyond the the glow of your car lights, it's pitch black. So you don't know what the hell's there. Anyway, we made it. We were able to back up. No problem. Uh, so we're all sitting there in a row. Mine... Mine at the end, then Jesse's, then Nick's, then Dan's. Uh, so sort of like the whole friends and family right there. So that was that was pretty neat. Um, Friday was a beautiful day. Uh, just like you guys said, the weather was absolutely amazing. I put some freaking flights in on Saturday uh, or Friday. I'm sorry. I got I got. 16 or 17 flights on the nx7 i went there with the goal of getting that stupid thing tuned once and for all now this is where it starts to get a little crappy um first of all i 
re-broke it in because, oh yeah, by the way, listeners, what you didn't realize is that uh, the day after the last show was recorded, I put two gallons through it and then forgot on one of the refuels to uh, plug the the one-way pressurization tube back into the tank and brought it up into a hover. It ran lean, blew out the ring. <laughs> Fantastic. Nice. So, so this is like, I, I mean, uh. I'll tell you what, I can, I can break the shit out of a motor nowadays because that I had to go through four break-ins. This was break-in number four, Dan. Four. <laughs> okay. Not so rocket science, quit, man. It isn't. I know. Well, you know, uh, I, I get out there. I break it in first thing in the morning. No big deal. Okay, so now we're starting to get some tuning in. And this is about the time that Nick has finally gotten his black nitro running. And Jesse's finally gotten his YS96 running. So for a little while there, it was the three of us, like, huddled at the flight line. And we'd have our fuel and our starters and our helis and, tra- and we'd just be in a line one after another. Okay, Nick flies. We're helping with tuning. I go fly. Jesse goes flying. We're, you know, we're all having similar challenges. In particular, Nick, because he couldn't get the 91 to tune for the first little bit until he figured it out. Okay, so I, I, I got the tune to the point where, or the break into the point where I was ready to go to the governor, MultiGov Pro. I go to the governor and I get this weird now and that I've never seen before, by the way, this weird pulsing. So you just in a hover, the thing's going uh, 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 and it's revving. I don't know what the hell it is. So I fight with it a little bit. Nick and Jesse and I are going back on a couple of back and forth on a couple of different things. And I decided, you know what? Screw this shit. I just want to fly. I'm going back to throttle curves. So. Went back to throttle curves, uh, flew for pretty much the rest of the day like that. No problem. Uh, Saturday rolls around. It started out, what it, we had a little bit of rain early on Saturday, right? And then it just stayed overcast and windy. Uh, yep. Pretty much for most yep. of the day. Uh, now, I'll add to that that when it wasn't windy or raining naturally, it was raining artificially because the goddamn <laughs> sprinkler system on the adjacent field decided to come by and blast us. And lucky for us, we were on the side of the field that it was most close to. So at some yep. point for probably about two hours around lunch or so, we ended up having to huddle in Nick's trailer or our various RVs to stay out of the irrigation water. Then... As the irrigation water passed, it started raining. So that was fantastic. Uh, went out to fly the uh, the nitro. Uh, I said, screw this crap. Nick got his 91 tuned up. It was flying really nice on the black nitro. So it gave me more sort of determination. I said, screw it. I'm going to go and get the the governor running. So we messed around with a couple of things. I repositioned the rpm sensor because i wasn't sure about that i recalibrated the throttle range i you know checked the linkages just made sure everything was ideal switch it back over to governor it does the same thing 
And so Nick looks at it and he's like, dude, you know what? I don't know. That is the governor. But I think you're so stinking rich that the governor just can't do anything for you. And sure enough, I started leaning it up and bam, the pulsing got better and continued to get better. And I thought, I have got the end in sight here. I am one or two flights away from having this thing well-tuned enough to the point where I can now just go out and fly. And then it crashed. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this hurt. This hurt a lot because for one, it was not, it was not my, my issue. I didn't dumb thumb it. Uh, Nick and I were, well, Nick was spotting for me and giving me advice on the tune. And I was uh, basically doing a backwards upright loop. Coming into the bottom, kind of, you know, probably pointing tail down at the ground about 30 or so degree angle. And I'd say probably no more than, I don't know what, Nick, 10 feet above the ground, maybe less. Yeah. And out of nowhere, the heli, the tail kicks like 90 or 180 degrees and the whole thing just goes straight in like one of those Mm -hmm. deafening thuds where you can feel it in your soul it sucks so at about mid throttle at about mid throttle that's right now at first i thought i had gotten throttle hold but the engine was running, so I ran out there, pulled the fuel fuel tube, no worries. Uh, it shut itself down uh, only after eating the clutch, though. And we started looking over the wreckage, um, and Nick finds the receiver battery is unplugged. Now, this is weird, because I've got a 5,000 milliamp hour receiver pack that plugs in via an EC3 to the main power system. And then that EC3 lead or harness has a Dean's arming plug in it. Now the Dean's arming plug was still plugged in, but the EC3 was completely disconnected. I, I but still the pack was still strapped in place. That's right. Yes, you're right, Nick. The pack was still strapped right on the front, securely on the front of the nitro, no issues. Um, and, and, uh, in fairness, it did land. It seemed to land quite hard on the area directly adjacent to the pack because that portion of the canopy was completely destroyed. Yes. Agreed. But I still can't believe that an EC3 came unconnected in flight. That I don't buy it. I really don't. I don't have an explanation yet. So that that really hurt because I was feeling like I was getting there. I had just gotten past three previous break-ins with engine issues. And then the thing goes in, and it's not even my fault. That I can tell, at least. Certainly, it wasn't a dumb thumbs. Uh, so I was in a shit-tacular mood at that point. Um. What didn't help was that I had another issue earlier in the day, and I can't go into details about it because it is a bit of a secret squirrel project. Um, All I will say is that it is a speed test bed, uh, and I was using a set of Revelectrix packs, 
And about mid-flight, let's say half of the capacity consumed, 50% of the pack capacity consumed on my milliamp hour counter, the heli shuts down. And it's sort of mid-pass, okay? And I land it. I actually autoed it. Nick's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm autoing. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, very I'm fucking doing fact, an auto. <laughs> dude, I'm doing an auto. Can't you tell? So I, I, I pull it off just by the skin of my teeth, bring it down, and I'm like, oh, hell yes. So I'm like dancing around and like. He turns you know, around. Okay, I, I know it very, I remember this. You turn okay, around go. with the heli slightly behind you. And to your right, uh, making gestures towards your crotch, yelling, big dick playa, <laughs> big dick playa <laughs> on the flight line. Nice. Yeah. All, all the meanwhile, the model is actually on fire. <laughs> it's on fire. So I go, I, I turn back around and I'm walking over it to slowly. Oh. And I'm I'm elated. I'm like, dude, this this is freaking amazing. Hell yes. And then I get closer and smoke is coming out of it. And I'm like, oh, shit. No, 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 no. And so I pick it up and I see flames popping out of the top of the canopy. Uh. So I run back over there. I'm like, Nick, it's burning up. So he and I are like simultaneously like unscrewing the canopy screws ripping the canopy off, trying to pull the battery out. Well, long story short, uh, it it got pretty damn torched. So since then, and you haven't heard this yet, I fully disassembled it and did a triage. Uh, three of my four servos, the wires are burnt almost all the way up to where they egress out of the case. So I'm going to need to clip those back and resolder on leads like inside the case. Oh, that's um, nice. Uh, the motor got pretty torched, but I believe is okay. Both of the side frames are completely worthless. Um, the bottom is torched. The uh, I lost a J log like genuinely. There's no question. Um, it kind of looks like a multicolored candle that was allowed to burn too long. <laughs> uh, the canopy is gone. Let's see. Uh, various other bits and pieces in there are torched. So this Don't is forget this you is lost a, the set it's of a packs. bad situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the set oh, of packs. Oh, and by and the, the way, the packs. So I I executed those packs. Um, with uh excitement after jesse gave me his camping axe i brought them over to the side and just beat the ever-living piss out of them and chopped them (laughs) up into tiny pieces out of frustration for the fact that a set of packs that honestly were probably no more than 30-ish flights old of not all that hard flying went up in flames in the middle of a freaking flight never again it's a good thing I, probably we didn't do a show man so what did i do i immediately grounded my set of packs that i had noticed had been dropping voltage pretty badly in my speed helicopter and yep. soldered my new ones up immediately mm-hmm. 
Yep. I can now see that it is not. There's so much load uh, that we're running and continuous load that it is just not worth it to fly marginal packs in a speed application. You so if we had done correct. a show at Othello, <clears throat> Justin, it appears you would have won the Target Bag Award. Yes. Because, damn. Would, would I have? Twice What's, nearly. I'm sh- yeah. You win because something. Of the, because of the fire or because of the nitro? Because in the grand scheme of things... that kind of a like, combination so have, of damage. Is it just a combination? Yeah. Yeah, and just I like feel like you should win something luck. for... But, you know, anytime you have a model on fire behind you and, and you're you are yelling big dick, dick playa while <laughs> referencing your crotch standing legs <laughs> open with your, for the it, record, your wife with her head down, shaking her head <laughs> side to side. Yeah. Well, yes. your on fire. Only, well, that, that, only for the re- on I want to make something clear about that. That was not because my wife was embarrassed. That was because my wife was like. He's being himself. This is why we can't go to nice places. Yeah, this is this why is... we can't go to nice places. Exactly. Yeah, okay, uh, well, you guys decide what I win, but I don't feel like I won anything other than the shit end of that stick. So, uh, you know, I Sunday, as you guys already pointed out, we woke up, it was raining. I was already in a shitty mood. Um, did I enjoy my time at the fun fly because my family and friends were there? Absolutely. Had some of the, probably the most, uh, humorous times, conversations and such over drinks in Nick's trailer that I've ever been a part of with the whole Pacific Northwest crew and Austin, you know what I'm talking about, man, uh, and Dieter (laughs) and others. So that that dude, I that's part of what I live for, for these Pacific Northwest events. And that's why I can't even wait until we have our fun fly, because it's just going to be exactly the same. But But hey, it wasn't all failure. It wasn't all failure, though. You have to talk about how much of a success your timing system was. Ah, yes. Okay. so timing system. So I, I had mentioned I brought this out because I wanted to do a real world test at the field. Um, and you know, the weather wasn't all that great. And I could tell Nick was kind of like, I don't know if I really want to speed fly in this. Let's take a black and gray and white sky and let's put a black and white and red helicopter up there. That's a 500 and go real fast with it in real far Yeah, in real far. Don't forget the real far. Yeah. It's in the wind. I thought it was a great idea. Sure. You did. And, and so I set up the, set up the timing system. Uh, had various people doing the clicking. Um, we had a couple of issues here and there just because of my poor communication to the clickers. Uh, but f- eventually we did get it figured out. And Nick, I think you did what, like three flights? Yep. I want to say three flights. And Quinn, thank you, Quinn also stepped up and did a flight on his Kronos on his 7HV. Um, you know, he, he knew that one wasn't going to be too fast because he hadn't got it fully tuned up yet, but yeah, he was willing to take one for the team. And, uh, yeah, man, the thing works perfectly fine. It works great. Actually. And we were able to set it up on my laptop and with the little, um, box, the monitor box. So you can view the times and the speeds either way right in Nick's trailer. 
So you could sit right there and watch the times and the speeds pop up as the pilots were flying. Uh, which I just thought was freaking spectacular. And I think that when we do start using this at events, the spectators are really going to like it because they're going to be able to start. See, this is this is part of the cool bit. They're going to be able to start putting numbers to perceptions, right? Yes. Because when you're not around speed a lot, you just hear it and it's like, fuck, dude, that was fast. Now, it may not be fast, but you feel it, so it it seems fast. Well, now you can start looking at the numbers and saying, oh, okay, that was about 110, or that was yeah. 150, or whatever. So uh, what we found was that the times were incredibly consistent within a couple of kilometers an hour uh, for each given direction. Now, there was a fairly decent difference in directionality because the wind was blowing one way. So Yeah, it was Nick, like at you, our face kind of cross it was a really weird wind like justin yeah. even came up and was like dude you need more cyclic pitch because you're crabbing like you're rolling on your aileron axis uh to to hold it you know it's starting to roll and i was like no that was me doing that on purpose so that it would go straight down the flight line <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and so so it's with the wind there i think we saw a I'd say a 15 to 20 mile an hour differential, but on the downwind passes, Nick, your max was, what was it? Remind me, was it 192 kilometers an hour? I was which, consistently hitting like, I don't do kilometers. I was consistently hitting one, 120 miles an hour. 120. Yep. That's like 100 consistent. Yeah. I mean, that was like, no, easily done. I mean, just flight run after run after run. There was a couple with with the higher wind gust um, where it was creeping up in the 130 range. But again, we hadn't really dialed in the the clicking. So it's it's one of those where I'm right where I thought that I was. Um, Yep. I am beyond excited. And I got to tell you guys, if you are considering um getting you know like saying hey i want to i, I kind of really want to do this but i just don't want to go in 700 that is the single most badass like i'll call it air quotes amateur speed helicopter there is in the in for the class two i mean i'm oh, now yeah. i'm at 3500 rpm 14 degrees of pitch it's a 12s setup and it's with the exception of that nasty wind, it's hands off run, run after run after run after run. And the times, you know, I had three passes in a row. I was checking my UI logs. Three passes in a row were within 0.3 amps of each other. So it really is a consistent just solid good setup and in the grand scheme of things uh relatively inexpensive too so that was what i was happy about i knew with all the weather and the wind i wasn't concerned with the actual speed it was can this model be consistent run after run after run and i'm very happy so now we get to start pushing it to the stupid side yeah <laughs> and i i dude i agree completely i mean this is 
when we talk getting the the grassroots speed movement going with MHSFA, I mean, don't get me wrong. My my excitement for speed stems from the desire to go ultra freaking fast in a fuselage 700 size model, right? Yeah. But that is not for everyone. It will never be for everyone. Even if you can get past the, the prices, the cost, a lot of people won't get past the balls because it takes balls to push a $5,000 model that fast and shit changes when you get above 150 miles an hour. But these smaller models are the ticket. I want to see class one and class two explode this year in popularity because I, I think just like you said, there is nothing that you have done to that model with the exception of the 12S setup, which you got to admit, there's a little bit of tweaking there uh, to, oh, yeah. to get everything to, to fit together and work. But well, it's all right? stock. No, actually, it no, it's bone stock. I mean, as far as like I have not modified um, the only thing and, and I don't even have any secrets here that I need to hoard. The only thing that is not bone stock Goblin 500 Sport uh, are my blades currently. And I am running a 570 stock tail pulley, which slows the tail down a little bit. More. Right. Uh, batteries fit. I mean, it's tight. It's tight as shit. That's but. what I was referring to was even people who have 500s right now that want to give it a try, give it a go on 6S. You know, oh, are yeah. you going to hit 130? No, you won't. But no. you're going to get the adrenaline pumping and you'll get a feel for it. And that's kind of the cool part is that like, so you say, okay, 120 to 130 miles an hour. That's fast, but it's not like 700 fast. Well, let me tell you. You do that in a 500, it it's feels <laughs> really freaking fast. Oh, yeah. And it sounds amazing. Like, it is genuinely very, very fun. Because you're going to fly it a little bit lower and a little bit closer. And I was having a blast. I definitely got an adrenaline rush, you know, as it's ripping down the field. And you just, you see yourself holding that great line and the models dialed. And that sounds good. And the other nice part, I'm not hurting anything. I mean, I'm not pushing anything on that model to the limits. I'm sitting at a, you know, like, uh, geez, 120 amps, you know? Okay, right. well, now, all right, 128 amps, you know, or 128, that's right, 128 amps, on a 500, on a 12S 500. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty a lot. serious business. But I'm not like, I still have room. Nothing's pegged. Nothing's coming down hot. I can immediately land with that 4025 670 motor, the X Nova, and grab the motor. Like, bring it down, land, grab the motor, and the speed controller isn't, I mean, it's not even 130 degrees F. So. Yeah, that's crazy. Now the packs do get the packs get pretty warm. And that, what, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. What? Oh, the packs were hotter than the speed controls. <laughs> I grabbed. They were nice hand warmers. They, yeah. they, we are pushing them, and that is something that I am looking into. And it's not a, 
it's a length issue on that model. There's a maximum pack length in 12S that's tough to find packs. I could easily go to a like 12S 3000s, um, but I just can't find packs that are short and tall in that configuration. So yeah. I'm not going to not going to say for sure not but I would be lying if there said if I didn't say that there was a speed controller on the way that might possibly allow me to build a 14S 500. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> nice. I really, you really. You are so lucky that I removed the voltage limit on that rule set, buddy. Yep. I am, my personal goal is no wind runs at 130. Now, I know that's a pipe dream. I mean, that's really, really a pipe dream. But if I can get, I mean, you, you have to set a huge goal, right? I mean, no one beat a world record by saying, I'll just go out there and do the best that I can. So I, that's my huge goal. But if I can get my runs, uh, no wind runs consistent in the 125, 125 miles an hour run after run after run, I'll be really, really happy. Oh, yeah. I think that's very reasonable. And I mean, that you know, the thing is, we've talked about this before, but just because someone can make it to, you know, pick a number 120 or 130 or 150, getting another five or 10 miles an hour out of it is a lot harder than you think. Oh, yeah. it really is. Because at those speeds, you know, even a small twitch in cyclic control or, you know, you don't you don't set it up so that the tail is perfectly straight and it's slightly crabbed to the wind. That'll cost you several miles per hour. Easily. Oh, yeah. You bet. And um, just just so the listeners are aware, uh, Justin tells me that uh, some guys are, you know, turning their forces into speed hillies. I got one for sale. Yeah, it actually yeah. is a. Re- I don't think yeah, that's nice. too shameless because it's pretty true. Like I've seen oh, a dude. lot of people flying the forces in speed. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, without a doubt. Dan has a speed heli. If you are looking to get into the seven hundred sport class, that is S four. Get her done. So yeah, that uh, that was. Other than obviously having my family at the fun fly, which was really great, the speed thing working out was the highlight of my weekend. The heli side of it, I can pretty much say sucked. Um, I was (laughs) not happy about it. Uh, I enjoyed spending time with friends and family. I enjoyed, you know, having some drinks and relaxing at night. Um. You know, getting to getting to hang out with my son and play in the dirt and use his little RC car and chase him around the field. Uh, that was awesome, but the flying was. So that's that's my my Othello. However, uh, this week I have my every other week day off on Friday, which is going to be tomorrow. And the weather, as you pointed out, Dan, is supposed to be very nice. And so (laughs) I think that the uh, TDR2 is going to get a maiden. Nice. And the R5 is going to get some speed action going. And the Goblin Speed is going to get more three-digi action going. 
Very nice. Sweet. And I think that's all that's flying right now. You well, you know, see, I, <laughs> you should see my, my, I've got, so my bench, I've got this, you know, I told you guys I built this rolling table, right? Half of it is for like rebuild and, and, you know, wrenching. And then the other half of it, I do like electronics and stuff. My rebuild side looks like a bomb went off. Sure. Cause I have yeah. three models in pieces all over it. About two years of work. No, dude. Trust me, I've gotten a lot faster. Well, I'm just going to throw this out there. You know, we were walking back. I was helping carry the the poor crumpled NX7, and, and you were like, dude, I just want to fly. That's what this was supposed to be for. This was supposed to be just like my 3D, my just plug it in, go, and fly. I was like, dude. You built a freaking nitro. Like, what? That doesn't make sense. You know better than that. You're right, dude. Yeah, because you got... How many flights on it did you get? Uh, I think 22 in total. Uh, When we were there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How many were flying and not tuning? None of them. (laughs) Check yourself. That's all I'm going to say. I, but you know, once you, you get dude. them dialed, though, once you get them, once you get them going, you're you're going to love it. I I agree, and and that's the thing, dude. I I know I've been there, but, but it, it's it's short lived. That's what I was going to say, dude. Even Dan, it was so defeating. When we were walking back, I'm like, you know what, Nick? This like with the one going up in flames, the nitro going in. Now, let, let's 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 make sure we we cover the whole record here. I've got a heli that burnt up. I got a nitro that went in and crashed. That same nitro, I've blown up the engine three previous times and had to re-break <laughs> it in. One of them was your engine. Two of them was my engine. Uh, let's see here. The TDR one crashed about a month back. And what else? What am I missing here? There's something else. It's the Diablo's still not rebuilt. Oh, the Diablo's still in pieces. It has been a shitty fucking six months, dude. <laughs> and we are we're at May nineteenth right now. So we are almost halfway through the year. Oh yeah. shut up. Yeah. I I'm not feeling it, dude. I like the first thing that crossed my mind when that thing went in and I was walking back was like, I need a break from this shit because this is, this is fucking killing me. Like, and Nick, Nick was being a dick to him over here like, 570, 570, 570. Well, no, but yeah. you, you did make a good point, and I did take it to heart. I, I, I was just not in the mood to have a detailed discussion about it at the time, but... The point was that just because you can fly a nitro doesn't mean that it makes sense to fly a nitro. And yeah, that's I mean, true. I get it. You you can tell. You have been head down. Your sole goal has been to prove to yourself and everyone else that you can make this nitro a daily consistent 3D flying model for you. And I just, yep. I hate to see that 
I mean, because I've been there. I've had it to where I put, you know, 10 gallons through my nitro and it was flawless and I loved every single flight. And then I've almost gone 10 gallons in a row after that where nothing went right. It was just problem after problem and then this and then that. All I hear Jesse is a bunch of whining. No, I don't know what because you know what? I mean, you saw, you saw what I did. It was like, oh, stupid nitro. We're all laughing. Nick's making dumb mistakes. I was getting out of my element. You know what? We're just going to set it down on the bench over here. We're just going to go grab something that's consistent and then we'll fly it. I'll get my composure back and then I'll go struggle with it a little more. Even mine, which I consider to be a, a reliable flying model with the N7. I mean, over the course of the weekend, I lost a boom support bolt rattled right out in flight twice Nothing, you know, right no it was just one time nothing major okay. but i mean there goes that flight basically because the tail everything just starts shaking right nothing nothing holds mm-hmm. together well and then you know the fuel magnet started to de- deteriorate a little bit to where i was seeing little pieces of foam in the fuel filter my inline filter that i have so i'm like oh not a big deal pop the fuel tank grommet out and i'll change the fuel filter or the fuel magnet well as in the process of getting the grommet out i completely pierce it and like destroy it and it took me, you know, it was like an hour before that thing was back up in the air. It's just all the little things that you don't think about that yep. compound. I think we need to get you guys some nitro panties. What do well, you mean? Hold on, though. Hold on. In in fairness to Nick and I, I will tell you something. That Turek motor is not normal. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm still rusty at tuning, and I'll speak for myself and let Nick speak for himself, but it does funky shit like it does funky shit but what i'm saying is that it doesn't matter it's just the nature of the beast oh i mean it really is i was just pointing out that it certainly doesn't help when you've got a finicky ass motor you're dealing with too no and what i've noticed is when shit started to go even more downhill is when i start to get more frustrated and that was last year I mean, it was like head down. Oh, no, I'm going to do it, you son of a bitch, because I said I was going to do it and you're not going to beat me. And, you know, <laughs> nothing. And now it's like, dude, I just don't have the, I don't have the fucks to give. It's like, let's go out here. Oh, ha, ha, I did this wrong. I laughed. Oh, ha, ha, I did this wrong. Turn around, look at everyone. This is stupid. I'm going to go fly now because that's what I came here to do. So put it on the bench, go when you got a fresh head, get back out. So I, I feel you, man. I I was really like, I was feeling bad for you because I know how it's been. And, and us, Othello is such a, mm, it's a double-edged sword for me. I've had some of my best experiences there and... On numerous occasions, I have come back and been like, yep, that was my worst fun fly experience yet. Yep. Like, screw this shit. Yep, because well, it's Well, that got... was mine. This this one was my worst fun <laughs> fly experience yet. Yeah. Well, I hope. I really hope that you can get through it. Well, well I mean, I'll I know you will. Out. You will. I mean, I oh, yeah. will. I will, but I, it's just How about, it's I hope it's soon. Yeah, well, I'm at the point now, I'm at the point now, honestly, where what's going through my, so, you know, the plan here was just full disclosure that by Othello, uh, you know, I had the nitro all set up and it was running and it was like, you're saying, you know, 
you run five or ten gallons through it, and there's a little bit of tweaking here and there, but other than that, it was just there to fly. And I got the 380 as my 3D model as well, which I love flying. Uh, it just, you know, it didn't come out. It didn't even come out of its carrying bag because the wind was never low enough at Othello to make it feasible, at least for my comfort, because it's always blowing in your face. So now that I uh, I have a crashed NX-7, and, well, so the ring is shiny. However, it's still got tons of compression. So I think I'm going to ignore the shiny ring for the moment. But it's a rebuild. And then, you know, getting it back up and running and getting it tuned. Hopefully there are no issues with the engine. We're rapidly encroaching on speed season here. And I'm what's going through my head is, do I just leave it alone for now? and focus on speed or do I keep working it? Because if it's a quick, you're right around the corner and it's going to be a great reliable model soon, then it's worth my time. If I'm going to spend another few weeks dicking with it, then I cannot take my focus away from practicing, which is where I really need my mind to be right now. Not getting all thrown off mentally and emotionally because I want to punch the damn thing in its dickhead. <laughs> oh. Bam. Good Blade has personality, has soul, has attitude, has performance, and it's got character. When you finally find that blade, there's a connection. There's no better feeling than being able to get that blade and find sizes for all your helicopters. That's why switchblades just make sense. No shopping for one set of blades over here, then the other set of blades over there. One brand, one stop. All sizes. Make the switch. When you're ready to make the switch, go to www.bkdesignsllc.com to find sizes for all your helicopters. So, I want one thing I didn't really talk about um, when it comes to the Othello experience this year for me. <clears throat> one one really cool thing aside from all the stuff that we've mentioned so far, as far as just getting to hang out with the Northwest friends and getting the buddy box. I brought uh, a new guy, the Flim Fly this year um, from Azula Ryan. You guys met him. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. He had never been to a Flim Fly. And in fact, up until Othello, he had never even seen a 700 in the air, just his uh, Gowie X3. One thing in particular that I remember was when we first show, when we first got there and uh, Quinn from Montana as well was, was uh, flying when we got there in the process of charging or something to that effect. But anyway, relatively soon after we got there, he was in the air. And I just remember Ryan was standing there and he was watching this 700 fly, first time ever. And he just was like, wow, that is pretty cool. You know, and he just that, that first time experience. Then of course, you know, Dieter got his hands on him. And uh, Dieter, for those of you who... I mean, aren't aware he has a tendency to put uh, the new guys that come to the fun flies, you know, to the test. And I think Ryan did a pretty good job keeping up with him. 
<laughs> but you pay for it. It was kind of fun. It's always fun to bring someone new to a fun fly and to kind of experience it a little bit um, through them. And he got to, I, I have a 600 nitro that I've kind of been passing around. Quinn had it for the last, well, I think since our fun fly and he had been flying it. And um, so they worked, Quinn worked and we hodgepodge some parts together. I had an icon sitting around and a few other pieces and we got my 600. Well, they got the 600 flying again. And uh, he was able to, uh, that's the biggest heli he's flown, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was funny, Nick, you got to see that first auto he did, but up we were sitting there talking before he tried that. And it was literally just a few minutes and uh, we were watching uh, Dan Chen auto, right? Oh yeah, Daniel. Yep. And uh, so I, he got to talking about how you know it's really tough for you know on the small X three. You know, she's not really practicing. Practices on the sim all the time. And I was, I just said, yeah, it's pretty much a skill you need to have. You got You should be able to auto because you just never know when you're going to need to use it. And uh, so we were talking about that for a few minutes. And kid's fearless, right, Ryan? Just, oh yeah. <laughs> we're sitting there. And we'd just been talking about how important it is to learn autos to make sure you can do it. And he's like, ah, it can't be that hard. I mean, he just, man, he just flies for a few minutes, you know, five, six minutes, whatever. Takes it up in the air and puts it in throttle hold and autos like he'd been doing it for a hundred years. Yeah. Nailed it. Seriously. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Didn't even hardly bounce it. He brought it right down in front of, you know, typically, you know, we've, we've talked along, you know, over the years, we've talked about learning to auto and, and, uh, you know, you end up, you know, 75 yards out in front of you and, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's that, <laughs> yep. that whole thing of, you know, getting comfortable bringing the auto in close. Dude, this auto landed literally, I don't know, 20 feet, 15 feet right in front of him, right in front of him. I mean, he nailed it. And of course, from then on, he was uh, doing autos uh, every time he brought the 600 up. So I sent the 600 home with him uh, so he could fly it. Um until he can uh, get his hands on a 700. And uh, it, it was just fun. It was fun to see the new guys. It's always fun to watch the new guys' experience. When Especially they, when they're so receptive. Yeah, you know, yeah. who we were talking about autos. And, I, you know, he was asking some questions. And I was like, dude, here, let's just go. So I grabbed a pack, uh, threw it in the 700. And we were going out there just talking over some stuff, you know. And I'm like, you can do a whole lot. Of, you don't even have to touch your collective. You know, what? Wait, what? You know, so I was showing him and, you know, and I'm like, yeah, here's there's two different kinds. You've got your floaters and you've got your head speed builders. And, you know, here's what you're listening. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. And he really, like, he just, he took it in great. It was cool. Yeah, and he fits right in with the Northwest crew. You know what I mean? He really does. Yep. Yeah, had a, had a great time. I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna be seeing him at uh, most of the fun flies this year. Uh, he's looking forward to coming out to Oregon uh, for us, and uh, pretty sure he's gonna be at Dieter's because you know for us that's only a three hour drive. Can't miss it really. Yeah. Nice. And uh, it was a lot of fun. That was probably um, aside from my own personal um, kind of highlights of things that I wanted to get done. Uh, just from a fun fly experience uh, in general, uh, watching Ryan kind of hang out at his first event and really kind of fit in real well and and um, just have a blast flying. And boy, he got a ton of flying in. And uh, looking forward to seeing him progress. The 
it can, he's pretty good. He hasn't been flying that long. He's flying pretty well. Dan, you had one more highlight though. Did I? You did. You received something, a gift. Oh, the. Oh, are we on the same page? Is that what I'm thinking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the grab bag, the goodie bag? Mm-hmm. No. No. What, a what? gift of genital proportions. <laughs> Dude, I was sleeping. I don't remember that. Oh, we have pictures <laughs> to say otherwise. Oh, yeah. now I'm confused. I'm confused and a little nervous. What? what, what? You have to remind me then. What? Justin, go ahead. We oh shit gave Dan damn it the uh, did you forget? I I tried to put it out of it's like one of those things where you try to force <laughs> I it out. You of were your... joking. You actually forgot about that. I actually forgot about that. You mean you forgot its big, massive, bulbous oh. hairiness <laughs> scraping <laughs> up against sick. your chin stubble. That was Is that just, what you, did you forget it fun, in your here, face? Yeah, it's did like one of those, it's a childhood smell, trauma. Yeah. The smell oh, of it childhood. on your chin. <laughs> one of these days. The sight it's just of gonna, the crowd watching it yeah. caress and then your a, chin. And Nick broke so many rules. I broke a lot of rules. All of my rules this weekend. Oh my god. I don't, you can't take pictures no of No pictures of Dan. Come on, man. And I look on Facebook and there's pictures of me everywhere. And I'm just like, <laughs> ugh. Picture with the sack mounted on your chin. And not only that, but people saying, looks like he kind of likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? They're like, they're like, come on, dude. Rub it up against, rub your chin against them. I'm like, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. And they're I'm like, come on, that. man. You got to do it. I'm like, that. I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> that oh, thing, you, you did. Right. I I've seen did pictures. It. Yeah, you did do it. Yeah, you see pictures of that thing, right? And it, look, when that thing is right up in your face, it is the nastiest thing that you can possibly imagine. I mean, literally, it is a scrotum with little furry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. Yes. This was a swinging ball sack, right? And I was not going to have it up against my face voluntarily. Right. Well, you Apparently, got there's it. a lot of there's a lot of pictures. Apparently, Quinn got some good pictures. I haven't seen them. Uh, uh, I'll be sure Quinn to put you in contact with my lawyer if you do put them on the Facebook. <laughs> Dude, I, I did it again. I called it the face the Facebook. Oh my god! It's a sign of it's the sign of the age. I just yeah, it must age. be man. It must be the Facebook. Oh geez. So yeah, I got the ball sack. And actually, look, I'm going to follow through like Justin didn't. I'm actually going to take a photo once a month. Nice. There good for you. Go. Yeah. See, good. I good. think we need to uh we need to um discipline Justin somehow for not doing that. Well, I don't think he actually flew once a month last year, so that's why he didn't take a <laughs> Well, it's probably true, but <laughs> take a picture in his garage with it. Let's let's also talk about the fact that I have not gotten my pen. I was just going to go into that. So I saw on Facebook a lot of people going, where are the damn pennies at? I want to see the penny. Well, we've got a plan. And we couldn't, we can't do what we are planning to do without doing it during without the recording. Yeah. yeah. So stay tuned. It's going to happen. All right. And it's going to be beautiful. You're going to love it. And, uh. 
<laughs> I mean, it might be hard to, yeah, I'll leave it there. Anyway, <laughs> it'll be fun when that happens. Let's see. Any, anything else? I mean, Othello, what can we say? You know, the weather, eh, weather disappoints, but the friends never do. It was a lot of fun. It was yeah, a lot of fun for sure. Um, it was, it was cold as hell. I don't ever remember trying to warm up as much as I, I just don't know what was going on on Saturday. I just could not for the life of me warm up. Oh yeah. Dude, in, you sat in front of the heater for like an hour. I know. And then I, I drove into town in the morning just to warm my truck up just so I could sit. And I sat in my truck with heat at like 90 degrees. I just like, Oh man. Oh, what was that? Was that Saturday or whatever? Yeah. Around dinner time. I'm like, I come trotting around the corner <laughs> and everyone's like, dinner's ready. So I come walking around the corner and I go to get something out of the trailer and I Sweat open box. up the door to my motor home and I it's like, over. Oh my God. It was like 90 degrees, degrees in oh, there. Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, Dan's I was... in there and my wife's in there. She's like, well, Dan was cold. So we just turned it up really hot. Yeah. I was sitting out at the heater and, uh, Kim was like, do you want some coffee or something? I'm like, no, she says, I said, and then I said, well, I think I'm going to go start my truck up and go sit in my truck. She goes, no, 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 no. Let's go into the motor home and we'll turn the heater up. I'm like, deal. <laughs> And, uh, oh no! Sat in there at the at the table. The heat came on. It instantly started. It was like that, you know, because when you're cold like that, it was. It's nice to sit in front of a heater, but it's it's uh it's it's not like a full body like heat. It's not surrounding you. Yes. So, oh man, it was glorious in there. Nick comes, you know, dinner gets ready. I I go outside. Nick comes in and he steps up in there and he comes out a few seconds and he's like. Jesus, it's like a sweat box in there. <laughs> it was so <laughs> hot in there. I was like, oh, it was glorious. It was glorious. But no, I don't know. It was, I just, I don't know why I couldn't warm up. It was a, it was a rough day. Weather aside, you know what? It is what it is. Can't, can't control the weather, but I think all in all, everybody had a good time. I know we did. And, uh, you know, yeah. looking forward to the next one. I know I'm going to, and I know, uh, Jesse, as you alluded to, you can't make it, uh, prior ga- engagements and such, but. And it's a hell of a long drive for, for Nick and Justin, but it's a three-hour drive for me. So I'll be at uh, a Dieter's event, and we're going to hope that I'm not praying for cold weather at that one oh, this year. Which, yeah, uh, dude, because that was the one that was like 110 yeah, degrees 100. last year. Oh, dude, it was bad. But the locals all assured us that this is a this is freaky, and it's typically you know in the 80s, low 80s. I would so like to make to it out one. to that one, but I don't think it's going to happen. So my next one will be Snohomish, which is end of July, and then Urcha. Yeah. Aren't you going to St. Louis, too? I... No, I won't be going to St. Louis. Oh, you're not going to St. Louis. It is our first official MHSFA That's officiated right. speed cup. Thanks to listener and friend Keith Smith. Excellent. We'll first so on. far. So far, so far, you never know. What so, are they going to use your timing system there? Yeah, I'm. I'm sending him the timing system, so he'll have that. And then we've got another one that we're doing in July. That I think is in. Where is it? Is it in Ohio? There's a guy we're talking about in Ohio. Uh, a listener, Brent, is interested in potentially doing one at Southwest Heli Rodeo. Uh, we'll have our event at RCHN4, and then, of course, 
Uh, that is, I guess, a bit of news this week. We got the final official agreement from Urcha on the setup for the Urcha Speed Cup. So that will be there in the first week of August. We'll be doing that. And then we are talking to Bert and Carrie about OHB and a couple of other people. So it's 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 getting there. I've been working on a website for a while now so that once we start having events, we can actually put the people's points and ranks and speeds up on the website. So, so I think we'll I'm going to hold a speed with. cup in, uh, in Hamilton, Montana. I'm going to be the only attendee, so I'm going to have all the points. Uh, does that mean I qualify for some national event after that? Yeah, sure. If you get enough of them, we'll figure <laughs> something out for you, man. <laughs> he won every I don't class. Think, I won every class. Now, here's the deal, though. I don't, I mean, is there a handicap system as far as like, you know, shortening the course, that kind of stuff? That'd be nice. Yeah. You if know. you choose to fly as a novice, then you don't get to do pre-stages. So I could do like a 40-foot course? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not not quite that. It's no not farther than I was flying my 500. Which was too far because, look, I was doing clicking when Nick was flying, right? And um, when he would come past uh, my end of the field and uh, go way up into the sky, I'd be like, I'd have to be like, oh, shit. I guess I just better listen because I can't see it anymore and I don't know when it's going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's different though. I was flying a huge course. I just, that's the thing, man. I, when you guys are doing that, it's cool as hell to listen to that. Just scream down the line. I just, uh, I, I would, if I build a $5,000 machine, I'd, I would get one run. <laughs> Game over. Yeah, huh? that that would be it. I've had some uh, close ones. Yeah, it would go past once, and it would be a shitty slow run, and I would lose it, and it would go to whatever the next county to the left is, because I just would not be able to find it in the sky. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, jeez! Cost me five thousand dollars to try. I can do it. <laughs> Did it once. <laughs> Well, guys, oh, what do you think? A- another oh, thing. Oh. Sorry, really quick. Uh, I'm hoping by the time you guys hear this, I will have the RC flight deck uh, page set up for RCHN4. So you can go and pre-register. And like we did last year and the years before, if you pre-register, then we will have a special pre-reg uh, giveaway uh, drawing either you know some money or a gift certificate or a prize or something like that for those people who pre-reg. And then what we're also going to try out this year to see how it works is we're going to give you pre-registration options for each of the contests that we're going to hold so that we can start to get a feel for what the demand is for each. So that's going to be like the 60-second hover, the bottle knock, uh, the speed cup the auto rotation contest that sort of a thing so when you go on there if you if you do decide to pre-reg just go and choose which of those you think that you'd like to compete in and we will get you on the list and if you don't don't feel bad because we will still have a sign up on site and you can sign up at the last minute if that's something that you want to do too sweet awesome man we have some kind of a giveaway where the though well, hang on one sec. We have yeah. some kind of a giveaway where the the prize is to be my personal assistant during the whole fun fly. 
you know, get, like give me water. Put it down, like in ice. other words, if if you were to win the, so this is what we're going to do. I hear you. If you pre-register, your name will be put in a hat and pulled at the beginning of the fun fly. And if your name gets pulled, then you get to assist Dan throughout the what entire it, event. I well, like if it. you don't pre-register. Oh, that's the punishment. <laughs> yeah, for oh, now, okay. Now, Jesse, I like that. Out of the group of people if that you, doesn't pre-register. If you so, don't yeah. pre-register, your name gets pulled to be Dan's assistant. You can there be you his go. official ball washer. Exactly. And I would do stuff yep. like, um, you know, my uh, predetermined whoever wins gets the, you know, the pleasure of being my assistant. Uh, I'd be standing there and having a conversation with Nick and they'd try to interject and I'd backhand him and say, shut up, bitch. Go get me a turkey pot pie. <laughs> turkey pot yeah. pie. Wow. Uh, that was random. You can basically <laughs> strap them to Find the back it. of your scooter on a dog leash. Excellent. And when they want hydration, you get to force them to drink the water out of the ball sack. Oh, Ooh, too far. Yeah. Wow. I like it. I don't think it was. Too, I mean, it was right on the verge of too far, but I think it, wasn't it, it was far. tastefully executed. I, oh. I chose <laughs> to use water and not something else. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see. So you had one other thing. I, I did you? since since we did not have a, a show this week, I did one of my sneaky posts on the Facebook <laughs> uh, and and that <laughs> was face. to uh, to tell us what your favorite episode is and why. And for those people who actually included their citizen number, they have just been included in a drawing for a free hat that can send. Oh, nice. Excellent. So we had 18 out of the 23 people reply that included their citizen number. So I'm going to ask Nick to choose a number between 1 and 18. Ooh, that's definitely going to be number 8. Okay, hold on. Let me do the counting. He's a Dale Earnhardt fan. All right, number eight, Mr. J. Schultz, citizen number 610. Let me guess. He lives in Europe. I do not know. <laughs> Guatemala. Uh, let's see. No. Guatemala. He lives in Canada. Oh, even better. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, so, Jay. Here's Jay, no. Jay's submission Did I here. say number eight? I meant We could send him 11. a gallon of milk. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I mean, a gallon of milk, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jay. That is a so pint, bad. I'm sorry. All a I can say, dude, petrol, is... A pint of petrol, a pint of milk, hat. and a hat. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. You, you may get other <laughs> racially insensitive things along with the hat, but you will you will get a hat. <laughs> you won't have to pay for it. So, Jay, uh, Jay said that his favorite episode is episode number 77, and this is the, uh, I think this is the title, The Greased BB Method of Progression. He says, it made me realize that we all have small and not so small holes in our flying, and it's okay to fly through or around those holes sometimes. Hmm. Nice. So Isn't there you go. Cool when, we, when we ask 
listeners to recall those episodes. I mean, because I don't even remember that. I don't that remember seventy seven. Isn't that weird? But... Isn't that kind of cool? I mean, you get it. It gives it gives us a chance to kind of. I mean, I'm going to go back and, and figure it out. Yeah. Oh man, exactly. it's like two hundred and thirty three episodes. You know, it's like. Could you imagine if they held, if you know, someone held our feet to the fire for everything that we've said over two hundred and thirty three episodes? <laughs> oh. Did I say that? Goodbye, feet. My I'm bad. just screwing with you. Yeah, that's all right. So, congrats, Jay. Um, go ahead and shoot an email to Ken at rchellynation.com when you hear this dude, and he will get you set up. Excellent. Well, anything else, guys, before we wrap this one up? I don't think so. I think we're good, man. All right. Maybe we should do some emails. Nick, how would I get in touch with you if uh, for some reason I wanted to? I don't you would send me an email at nick at rchellynation.com or catch me on Facebook at nicklenrchn. Justin? You could send me an email to justin at rchellynation.com or catch me on Facebook or the forums as Justin Pucci. How about you, Jesse? You could send me an email to jesse at rchellynation.com or catch me on the Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think I started something here. I don't know if I like that or not. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan K. Reed on the forums. And I guess we were doing emails, so I should start with that. See, I'm getting old. And um, it's uh, Dan at rchellynation.com. And uh, Dan K. Reed on the forums. And I'm going to repeat myself because that's what old people do. (laughs) and uh as uh justin mentioned if you have any questions uh you know store wise citizen card registration wise anything like that candidate rclnation.com he's the he's the guy to talk to there uh one quick thing i want to mention um when it comes to othello and stuff like that it was kind of a pleasure you know typically uh we see Ken from Lower Heli there. Now he did, he was able to come out for the day, but he didn't bring the store, but it was a real treat and to get him out there for the day. And Patrick, ADE. He yeah, did. that's right. That's true. He descended yeah. from his multi-rotor, you know, drone, <laughs> drone <laughs> down to us lowly heli people, right? And hung out. It was kind of fun to catch up with him as well. That's uh, always a good time when you get a chance to just hang out with some of those guys that you haven't seen, especially Patrick. My God, when was the last time we seen him at, uh, at a heli event? That was nice. Cheers. And uh, I do think that about wraps it up. Check out Facebook, uh, the webpage. Dude, man, Larry, thanks for putting that together for us. And um, that, uh, that about does it. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Gassers and Geritol and Alzheimer's. Oh, oh my! This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, and Spartan Flybarless Systems. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to send us an email.